Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. Welcome to Painting of the Week. Uh, uh, oui, si, bonjour, bienvenue. Um, buenos dias, I don't know why I'm speaking. What happened? Maybe we should start again. Oh, we'll carry on. We'll, no, no. We'll, 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 we'll carry on. So, today we are doing a painting that uh, has been recommended. One of our um, uh, audience, listeners, or indeed if you're watching this on YouTube, viewers, um, has recommended that we talk about a painting called The Chair by Wilfredo Lam, and it was uh, painted in 1943. I, well, speak for Laura as well here, we absolutely love it when people send in artworks (laughs) that we've never seen before. And, you know, no, no, no... One should never be embarrassed to admit to not having seen a painting, even if it's uh, <laughs> whether it's by Wilfredo Lam or by Leonardo or Michelangelo, because <laughs> you can't do everything. The worst, the worst thing is to pretend. Well, there's no pretending from my section. No pretending from your section. So no, absolutely none. So, um, <laughs> and this struck a chord with me because, well, sorry. Let me first of all say for those of you who want to see the picture. As always, if you go to seventh-art.com to the website and uh, click on the Painting of the Week um, button there, it'll take you through to the painting. Uh, Or, as I've mentioned uh, on YouTube, um, again, you can listen and look at the painting at the same time. Um, About two weeks ago, no, three weeks ago, I was in Washington, D.C., I was the guest of the National Gallery of Art. They flew me over, which was very kind of them, to do two screenings of two films, Mary Cassatt and Vermeer. And they have a most, it's the most fantastic, I love that gallery. And it, they, not only is it the most fantastic gallery, um, with the most extraordinary artwork, but they have a really, really good auditorium. Okay. 500 plus seats and... Both of them were abs. It was a, it was a really hot Saturday and Sunday afternoon, and I thought, really, who's? I mean, two o'clock. Who's coming? Absolutely full. The Vermeer was a bit problematic because they'd oversold it. You know how pay, uh, planes sometimes oversell; they have yeah. to pay people off. Similar kind of thing. They'd sold five hundred and fifty, or they'd given all, you know, actually free entry, five hundred and fifty because they thought, well, people won't turn up. Yeah. Everyone, Everyone turned, turned up. up. And you had, I had to go outside and talk to 50 or people who were really disappointed and say, look, you know, um, I'll take your emails and I'll let you know when the film's... Re- anyway. That's absolutely great, Phil. But... Um, <laughs> Can't believe it. <laughs> thousand people. And one of the people that came up to me uh, afterwards was a... Um, to cut a long story short, he was associated with a wonderful gallery in Washington of um, Latin American art. And I immediately jumped on that opportunity and next day went to look at this gallery and talk to him about Latin American art because it's an area that we've not really been able to deal with. And the ambition of Exhibition on Screen was always to be as um, 
broad geographically and chronologically and everything else as possible. And really the only artist that we've done in that part of the world was Frida Kahlo in, in Mexico. So this was quite interesting to see this artist who's born in Cuba. Mm. Final line of introduction is that we have been approached by um, uh, the National Gallery of, of Cuba or in Havana, obviously, I guess, um, to see whether we could do a project with them. And um, we were having a conversation or two before COVID and probably something I need to strike up again. So interesting kind of how these things pop up. And uh, and here we have this painting by Wilfredo Lam, somebody who's born in Cuba, dies in Paris, right? Yeah. Dies in Paris, uh, aged about 79, 80. I know you probably, you probably know. Um, and really interesting. So I'll stop talking. No, don't stop talking, Phil. What do you, what do you see when you look at this picture? <laughs> okay, this is going to make everybody laugh. But it's so busy... Now, actually, this is going to, you know, this is going to make everyone laugh. Now, bear with me. It's a bit. I was getting a bit tired with it. Mm. <laughs> it's like I'm exhausted. But that sounds like such a silly thing to say. No, it doesn't. How can you be silly and looking at a painting and sort of feeling tired? I mean, everyone's going to be like, "Well, pull yourself together. You're looking at a painting." But and then <laughs> I'm looking at a painting. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love this." But the trouble is now I can't just look at a painting and just say oh, I really like this. I then have to start looking at the artist, everything else. And he has quite... Um, he's got a father who was Chinese and his mother was mixed African, Indian and European descent. Mm. So then, of course, you start thinking, oh, well, it's all... It's Cuba. It's going to start being political. So I can't just look at it as a mm. painting... Um, as a chair with some flowers on it I'm thinking it's now political and then I've just gone to the other extreme obviously because I couldn't work out the initial thing I can't work out is are those sugar canes next to the chair mm. or is it bamboo mm. so, so that was my problem this week okay <laughs> what a sad life <laughs> so on the one hand on the one hand, it might just be foliage, a chair, yeah. and a pot, a potted, a pot of flowers, flowers in a vase. Exactly. And with no subtext, no meaning, no narrative whatsoever. On the other hand, maybe mm. maybe there is a narrative there. Did you discern anything? Did you, did no, you... I couldn't find anything. No. I actually couldn't, uh, which is quite rare, mm. because normally you can. So I had to try and work it out for myself. And then I thought, well, the fact that he, and at the time, well, he lived through it in Cuba and they were the largest producers of sugar. And the, obviously sugar cane was the thing that was, you know, mm. being worked on. I mean, I thought it's got to be sugar cane and there's got to be messages here. Hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, I have, I have filmed in Brazil and we did film sugar cane. Right. We did a we did a film called uh, Brazil and inconvenient an inconvenient history, and basically it's five hundred years of Brazilian history, and essentially it's a history of slavery. Yeah, Brazil is built on slavery, and uh, men and women were 
brought against their will, obviously, from places like Angola to Brazil, where they chopped down the natural foliage and planted sugarcane in particular. Sugarcane grew, they then had to cut the sugarcane, and then it was sent to Portugal, where it turned into sugar, beet sugar. It was all sugar, not beet sugar, sugar. And then um, the ships then go back. So it's this triangle. And, you know, backbreaking work, clearly. And, you know, we filmed on some of these slave plantations and we heard some of the stories and it's really very unpleasant. Whether Wilfredo Lamb is including sugarcane here, if indeed it is sugarcane, I mean, I can see why you think it might be. Um, as a political point, it's hard to know. I do know that he went to Spain about, what would it be, about six or seven years before his yeah, painting. Yeah, 1936, I yeah. think he went off. And fought on the side of the Republicans mm-hmm. uh, before being injured in Madrid. And then I think he, he then goes to Paris. Um, so he's, he's what is broadly known as being on the left. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got that he came back in 1941 to Cuba. Oh, OK. Um, and sort of then his art became a bit more political. I mean, I to me, it doesn't really... I don't really see the politics of this. I think he's, he seems here just to be exploring shapes, colours, forms, lines. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first look at the chair, the back of the chair, it looks like a cross. Then you think, well, Cuba... Um, yeah. I mean, had, where, where were we at with Cuba? They probably hadn't... 1940, 1943. Yeah. I wonder when, um, when oh, a religion is, is abandoned. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's a chair. And I think he's just playing with forms and shapes. I mean, you mentioned before we started how he strikes up a relationship in Paris with Picasso. Yeah. And you can see that, can't you? Again, you've got this... What is clearly a two-dimensional... In, in reality, it's a two-dimensional canvas. And he's playing with three-dimensionality here. Yeah. So if you look carefully, like it doesn't quite work. You know, the seat and the legs and the... And, he, and he's playing with that. And the colours are quite muted. Well, I um, actually love this painting. And I think what I really would love to do, Phil, is see it in the flesh. Mm. Because on the computer, mm. there are so many different yeah. varieties of it yeah. that I can't... You just can't even see a real a real picture of it at all. Almost, it's just mm. so. And most time with South American or that sort of art, there's always vivid colours, yeah, bright yeah. work. So for this one to be quite muted, uh, I was like, oh. And then you, your print, like your picture, is completely yeah. different from the picture I've got. Yeah. So actually, you do need to go to Cuba, and you do need to see it and report back. It'd be wonderful to do. Yeah, it'd um, be amazing. We've just started screening in a couple of Caribbean countries, but not, not yet Cuba. Um, it's, it's quite shocking, actually, when I went, you know, going to America, what, how, you know, they still have this embargo against this tiny little island oh, yeah. of Cuba. Um, have you never been there at all? No. No, no. okay. I know some people who have and who, who, who found it, well, there are some elements that, that you know, there's elements of poverty that you see are 
tough to deal with, but they basically loved it. Yeah, yeah. Loved the trip, the experience of the trip. I mean, it's true, the Latin American art, even the Latin American art that I was looking at three weeks ago is very colourful. And this this slightly, I'm not sure if sombre is the right word, slightly muted palette. But do you think he's, obviously the first thing you would think of, do you not think of Van Gogh's chair when you Uh, look at that? uh, Yes, Okay. Yeah, I do. That does come to mind, Van Gogh. Because it's yeah. very, very similar. Yeah. And then there's the flowers on the, yeah. the vase on it. I almost feel like somebody is going to say to us, okay, mm. this is this is what it's all about. Um, but I, I just couldn't find anything. In actual fact, I went still further with Picasso did a really crazy sort of still life with chair caning. I looked at that painting, which was mm. then what, sort of like 1912. But that was, it was nothing to do with any of this. Just to me, instantly, I was like, oh, that's Van Gogh's chair. You see, you could, you could, you could riff that and then you could say that the sugar cane or the palm <laughs> is the equivalent of the sunflowers. Well, that's um, what I did wonder. But then you have to say, okay, this guy living in Cuba, uh, albeit he's got a few years in, in Spain, although he's fighting, mm. Would he even have seen sunflowers? You know, we we live in a world where every image is available to us on the internet or on television. That's or in, true. In your local cinema, where you go to watch exhibition <laughs> on screen, you can um, definitely see it. <laughs> but pretty much, if you wanted to see the sunflowers by Van Gogh at this point, you'd have to go to London mm. or Amsterdam and. You know, Wilfredo hadn't done that. No. Were there were there copies? Um, probably, but would yeah. he would they have made their way to Cuba? Um, well, I just love the fullness, the denseness of the picture. There's not a gap. There's no gaps, is there? Really, it is full. Yeah. Um, and then he has got another painting called the Jungle. Yes. Which is, I think, his most famous painting. I mean, I didn't know him at all. So the jungle's worth looking at, isn't it? Oh, it's about it. the same time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's interesting, knowing that he was friends with Picasso. Yeah. So Picasso, when we made the film Young Picasso, we stopped at Les Demoiselles d'Avignon. That was, that was the end of his youth. So his whole youth, Malaga, Barcelona, Paris, is building up to that art history-changing painting, which is, was eventually bought by MoMA and has been on their walls ever since and is considered a masterpiece. When he painted it, people really didn't like it and he rolled it up and put it away for a decade. Yeah. Occasionally, people you'd get it out for people. Um, but it wasn't a successful painting at all. So, again, there's no guarantee that Wilfredo Lam had even ever seen it. No. Or that Picasso had shown it to him. But there's definitely some similarities... I think when you look at the jungle, although you know you don't have the character, the you don't have the characters, you don't have the you know the prostitutes and the. But you have the African masks. Yeah. Did it, sorry? Did Picasso do that after? The. Well, the as other... part, no, as part of um, is it, it? He he went to the museum in Paris, which has and continues to have these amazing collections of African art. Oh, okay. And he was very influenced by it. Um, in the same way that, you know, Raphael, Leonardo, Michelangelo were sideswiped and knocked out by all these discoveries of ancient Roman statues and paintings because they're thinking, who on earth, you know, how did they, who were these people 1,500 years ago making this great art? 
Yeah. Picasso felt the same about African masks. You know, he just thought they were absolutely amazing. He knew nothing about the cultures or the people who made it. They weren't named. There was no named artist. They were just made by different societies, different times. Um, but he was very influenced by them. So, but maybe he was uh, Picasso was influenced by land then because he had such a unique heritage, and felt that because with the jungle, he's taken those African masks, hasn't he, uh, Wilfredo Lamb, and sort of done them and used them for himself. And Picasso probably really appreciated that because his heritage was so unique. Yes, although there was Aldavignol before this. Oh, okay, fine. So that's in the yes, in the twenties, end of the twenties. Oh. Okay. Um, and it sells, if I'm not mistaken, it sells somewhere around forties to to MoMA. Oh. And okay. really, it's the first time it goes on public display. Um, well, they must have been fairly good friends, though. It's quite nice, isn't it? That they were quite interesting that they were good friends. So, because if you look at the jungle, not that you want to, I keep going off onto that painter, because I do love that one as well, mm. and that was his most famous one, it is almost slightly Picasso-like. Mm. But I mean, yeah. And that's another painting that's full. I mean, he definitely liked to fill his paintings. There's no gaps. They're, mm. They really are full. Normally you're like, oh, there's a, you know, Laura, this comes around, we go around here and there's a, up here there's a bit of shadow not in these paintings so much is full of full of work the difficulty though is knowing whether he's just filling it in because he just wants to you know have as many leaves and (laughs) stems and as possible has no interest in the background yeah and you know no doubt jungles and forests but jungles were were you know they are yeah they do absorb the daylight because they're so dense um, Funny how chairs are so. You do people do like a chair painting, don't they? <laughs> it is enticing. You know that's not particularly look comfortable looking one. No, it's the but, it's, but it's the it's the suggestion of and the absence of a human being, mm, isn't it? A chair. Yeah, and like I say, I hope somebody does tell us more. I'd like to know more, but then hopefully people will go and try and find out for themselves as well. I mean, he might have been making a statement. And saying, you know, Van Gogh was a great artist. Because by yeah. 1940, people would recognise Van Gogh's a great yeah. artist. And this is my equivalent. He did the sunflowers. I'm doing, <laughs> I mean, you know, they almost look like tulips. But they're, I would imagine they're a, a native Cuban flower, flower that somebody yeah. who's listening might be able to identify. Yeah, we need a lot more identification, please, on all of it. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> even at the bottom right, I started thinking they were elephant feet. I've gone crazy. Look, oh, yeah. <laughs> look at Chopped off. What am I doing? Poor old elephant. <laughs> I mean, I do know also about Wilfredo Lamb that he, you know, he, 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 you know, in Cuba, and again, I experienced this in, in Brazil, you've got this mix of Catholicism and local traditions, what we might call voodoo, and it's a real mixture of, of religious beliefs. Right. Um it was also quite, quite how that quite how that if at all is reflected in this painting is really hard to tell mm. again question we always ask would you have it on your wall I would yeah but then I ask myself well what is it about it that I like and I think it is 
I think it's 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 a lesser painting without the chair. So the chair actually is very appealing to me. The way in which it's designed is kind of slightly hovering, but it's oversized. The perspectives aren't quite right. No. Um, I don't know whether I would have it on my wall. I think I'd have his jungle on my wall. I think I'd like that. Should have done that one then. We've <laughs> <laughs> done the wrong painting. <laughs> At the end of the day, Phil, we need to know more about him. I mean, he was friends with, you know, knew Frida Kahlo. So yeah. that's always interesting. I feel like we need a documentary. <laughs> What's going on? I've well, got one. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just my own lack of knowledge. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a quirk of fate in a way, isn't it? That, that Frida Kahlo is so famous yeah. and, and is the most famous female painter, I would say. Yes, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Whereas, I'm, I know we have some very smart people listening because they email us, but... I know, thank goodness. But, I mean, <laughs> I would be very... I'd be impressed. What I'm saying is I'd never heard of Wilfredo Lamb. No. And I don't know how many people had, and that seems a shame. <clears throat> um, so, our little podcast might go a little way to redressing the balance a touch. Well, I hope so. Um, encourages me to find out more about him, I must yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is all, of course, so interesting about this time, so his entire life is very much, artists are very much influenced by what other people are doing and the, there are so many changes going on and people are really bouncing off one another. Um, you know, if you go to the Picasso Museum, every room is like a different art world because yeah. he's just constantly trying something new. Mm. And uh, I remember when I made the film about Beethoven, Somebody's saying the great thing about his symphonies is that each one is he's recreated a sound world. So they never sound like they're the same. They always sound different. And I think that... Um, that's a nice that's, thing to say. That's what's happening with artists here. Yeah. Um, and so he's, you know, there's, it's, there's a lot, you know, this, this could be a Matisse, couldn't it? Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. this guy in... in, in in Cuba, and then when he comes to Spain to some extent, but certainly in Paris, mm. he's definitely absorbing it all, looking around, and um, all credit to him for for you know, making his own masterworks. But still holds on to his traditional roots. I, I, yeah. I mean, it is funny, really, isn't it? It doesn't change. You still have that traditional style. You can't yeah. help it. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Nice one. Good yes. choice. Thank you, whoever suggested that. <laughs> See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Painting of the Week podcast. For more information, please visit our website at seventh-art.com or contact us by emailing info at seventh-art.com. See you next time. <laughs>